Hey there, friends. Uh, coming at you with another episode of Notes on Work, but this time it's a totally new format. Um, I have a guest here with me today that I'm super pumped about. Uh, his name, as I would think to pronounce it, is Marcus Sturz, um, but I'll let him introduce uh, himself and pronounce it properly. Um, and he's a creator of my favorite coding font that I've used for a long time, Mono Lisa, um, and I'm super pumped to talk to him about it. Uh, you want to introduce yourself, Marcus? Hi, Caleb. Yeah, thanks for the chance. Um, I know this is difficult even for me. So, uh, in my language, which is uh, German Austrian, you would say Markus Sterz. But I'm happy if you call me Marcus. That's totally fine for me, and I'm used to it. Nice. Cool. I appreciate it. Um, yeah. So, I guess, but before I, I, I want to hear about your background. I want to hear about you, how you got into typeface design in general. And I also want to hear how Mona Lisa came about. Um, but maybe I'll just like tell the listener my path to Mona Lisa and like what led me here. Um, yeah. So I started I started with like stock, you know, mono fonts in editors. But uh, eventually, like pretty early on, found Fire Code. I'm sure you've seen Fire Code. Are you familiar yeah, with that? Yeah. Okay. Um, and and that was like, oh, like I could be. That was the first like I could be intentional about the font that I use in my you know editor um and so that was kind of an empowering feeling and i rode that wave for a while and then i saw a few people in the laravel community using operator mono have you seen operator mono absolutely um it's a really neat font yeah i know it yeah so it has those like script you know ligatures those like uh that yeah uh, so all like my code comments were kind of cursive and it and i thought that was really cool so i and it was a paid font it was my first paid font um so I picked up Operator Mono and loved that for a while. But then I saw Mona Lisa probably, I don't know, two years ago. No, um, that's, no, is that impossible? No, no, I have to stop you there because we released it last year in March. Really? So yeah. I must have like got on the train like very soon after you released it. Absolutely. It was the same week as we had our lockdown started in Austria, our first lockdown or shutdown or whatever you call it. So it was actually a bad week to start something like this because everybody was crazy about other stuff. Uh, yeah, but actually, yeah, that was the that was the time. So I think I I did I I made a course called Make VS Code Awesome, and yeah. now that I think about it, I think I started writing those emails and that PDF with Operator Mono, and then when I got to the the font section, I started researching fonts that people were using and that were popular and i came upon mona lisa and used it and by the end of me publishing the book i switched all the words that said operator mono is my favorite font to <laughs> mona lisa's the font i use so whenever i released that is when i probably got on board um so anyway mona lisa as soon as i got on it i mean it just struck me as like beautiful and i have my own opinions about it and how much i like it um and it remains that way and that so that's been sort of my journey into mona lisa um yeah so but i want to hear about your journey into mona lisa where where well, did you all, start thank yeah. you for for calling it beautiful um uh the thing is that the beauty or the aesthetics were not the the main goal for for making it um i had i had you and uh, our other partner andre okonechnikov um in my shared office and they rented some space there for like i don't know one and a half or two years and we we were talking about um 
like typefaces that um, developers use. And I I was thinking there's there's some some great stuff, but there's also a lot of stuff that is that there's potential to to get to get my own uh, ideas into 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 the whole thing. Mm. And uh, so I started this and um, making a typeface takes a long time. It was like one and a half years to to wow. to to have a, a version that I could present. And they they both liked it and they came to me with the idea to to promote it as a trio. And um, that's what we did. And that's what started like one and a half years ago. Nice. Last, that's March a, last week, uh, last year. Okay. Um, so, yeah. So you, you, you paired up with them and like you just started talking about fonts and like what, what were some of your opinions or things that you were like surveying the landscape and were like, oh, those look bad in this way or there's something unideal about mm. these. And what were those things for you? Um, you already mentioned Firocode, which is a great example. It's it's a great typeface. I would mm -hmm. recommend to use it. There's nothing I could um, say bad things about. Um, what the thing with uh, many uh, monospaced fonts is that designers, typeface designers, tend to design them. Um, in a technical way, so that they look more geometric or something, mm. you know, like 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 in a in an architectural way, sure, like clear round shapes, like perfect uh, perfect rounds and everything. And my approach was more, or our approach was it was to make it um, more eye pleasing, more mm. more helping the eye finding the line where the eye has to um, to go along to to decipher uh, glyph by glyph. Sure. And well, what's a good example of two letters that like flow into each other, like a line that flows in from one letter to another? Um, well, we have some examples on our websites. Um, you have to you have to make sure you have to be aware how you how you write um, letters. This is hmm. writing. Actually, really, writing is is a lost is a lost lost art already. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Centuries ago, um, people were writing only because typefaces were expensive and you could not afford to print something else because there was no, no printer. Mm -hmm. So you would write stuff and the way you write um, um, lowercase e or lowercase a has a certain, has a certain path. There, there's no, no four paths or, or there's no, not much um, um, uh, variation in writing an a. So, and, and there's a flow. It goes from left to right, hmm. and um, so so the the letters have to connect to each other. And um, this is something that some um, they have to. This is how another typeface designer um, so so greatly um, um, said it. He said they shake hands. You know, they're like hmm. they say hello. I'm the E. Hello. Oh, you're the H. Hello. Let me. Let me shake your hand. If that works, if these letters interconnect to to form um, not only um, one letter after another, but a word, then you can read more easily than um, with uh, geometrical typefaces, which which where each letter stands for uh, its own. Gotcha. And I, I, I imagine, right? yeah, yeah, like I, I imagine in a monoface or monospaced font, um, 
that would be more common the geometric shapes or at least like uh, because the the letters are already separated in like a uniform way they almost feel more separate than in a normal font yeah, exactly so so the the geometric approach to typefaces very is very intriguing and you can make great typefaces out of it for display reasons you know for display usage hmm. but if you really want to provide a typeface that is that you can read very easily you need to have another approach yeah, yeah. so it's not so the, the, there's not the f concept of form in in the in the foreground but uh, the um, but how letters connect to each other and form words because we read words or parts of words, we don't reach. We don't read um, each letter. Sure. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I was talking to somebody about this interview, and they were asking me what I like about Mona Lisa, and and I really hadn't like tried to verbalize it before, mm. but I said something to the effect of like, well, it's spacious. Um, feels spacious. It it's like a little short. It's not. Some of them are a little too tall and lanky for my taste, so it doesn't mm -hmm. feel sharp. Um, but then I, I said like, well, it's rounded, it's nice and round, but it's also not, it's both. It's like, it's not like, like open sands or something that's very round or fire code, I think is probably more round. I don't know. Um, I can't think back yeah. on that, but it's, it's round, but it also is not, there's, there's a uh, jagged, you know, edges. There's, um, I don't know, like a C might not be a perfect circle. It might be like a bent piece of wire you know <laughs> or yeah, something yeah. like that absolutely not this is something that i i really um focused on here was if you look at now this is is really tough without uh, showing you visuals but if you look at the um, uppercase g and uppercase c for example mm -hmm. they are really distinct in forms still they they look uniform in, in some way yeah but the terminals are very distinct so you don't mix them up when you read them this was a thing that I really wanted to 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 get done to to really get made is that um, people don't misread stuff and have to go back again because this yeah. is muscle work for the eye. This mm. is um, as I, I as I wrote to you in in the in the preparation. Uh, reading is not only a matter of how your brain works and and deciphers um, letters, but also it also um, is a matter of how you move your muscles that are, have been developed around your eyes. Hmm. And um, reading is also muscle work. This is what, what makes us tired if we read um, a bad typeface. Because we have to go back. And we don't notice that we go back again and, and sure. look somewhere else. And so, uh, so you have to like, easily jump from word to, from word, to word. This, this, this would be ideal. Do you like so if if I'm building a web app or a website or something and you know I I try to like I guess the the equivalent there is like making I don't know um some interface discoverable or you know so that a user's not frustrated like well how do I sort the column in this table like you know like providing affordances and conventions so that people know what to do so anyway so I, you know you try your best but then um you user test things like actually have people use your app and watch them and see how they behave with it um, mm -hmm. to know if something is actually usable and not just if you guessed that it is. Is there some equivalent in typeface design? Like did you user test this font or is there like research that people do of like how much it strain a font strains someone's eyes 
using like eye tracking or something? There are people um, uh, who offer legibility tests. Hmm. But um, to be honest, we did not consult them. We, we, just, yeah. we just gave it to other people and say, hey, look, wh- what do you think? Uh, you and, and Andre, they tested it, of course, and they said, oh, wow, it's, uh, we, we, we love it. Let's, let's have a go. And um, so, but there, there, is, there are possibilities to, to see how, how typefaces perform in comparison. Interesting. But uh, you may find that uh, interesting. It's sometimes only like 5% difference or something, but 5% would be really huge, actually. Mm. Um, imagine reading a book uh, like 5% faster. This is, could be, you know, could be a week, could be, could be a couple of days, or at least, uh, right. I don't know, one day. Um, this is massive. Mm. Uh, um, so, yeah, this is, um, there, there's this possibility. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Um, quick uh, question out of left field for you. I don't know the difference between a font and a typeface. So I think I use oh. the two words interchangeably and I think that's wrong. Um, yeah, that's interesting. Um, this shifted um, some, yeah, in the last years probably. So the typeface is more the the idea of how it looks. Okay. Okay, so the design, if mm. you if you want to call it, like if it's printed out, you can yeah, this is the typeface so and so. But the font is is comes originally from metal type, so it was, um, it was this is what happened to the metal. It was font, uh, it was cast into this form of the the, the letter, okay. and um, you had not just one file, of course, you had metal types. Um, pieces in different uh, sizes. So nowadays we only have OTF, for example, mm-hmm. and you can cover every size you want to um, type with it, from right. like big, big posters to micro five-point type typeface um, um, typography. So um, if there's like a um, um, how do you say? A hierarchy, it would be typeface, and below that would be font. So gotcha. uh, font could al- also be like the regular version, the the bold mm-hmm. version, the bold italic uh, version. These would all be particular fonts, actually. Um, but, of course, people love four-letter words, and uh, <laughs> uh, font is one of them. So Gotcha. Uh, yeah. but, but in your world, most people would say typeface unless they were referring to, like, actual you know uh operating system level implementation or referring to like the italics version on a computer is that right like you would say font more so when you're you would say like install the font not necessarily install the typeface exactly yeah Um, exactly but when you describe installing a font would be installing a font would be like like just one style like regular if that's missing but installing a typeface would be all of them yeah would be the whole family gotcha okay so that's the difference (laughs) So I want to know about your process um, basically in every way, because I think, one, I'll say that the, the quality of the, the typeface, haha, the quality of the typeface itself, and even the landing page, um, and just the whole project in general, I would say is extremely high. Um, Thank you. And I, I appreciate that when I see something like that, I'm like, oh, like the, these people, you know, 
they care a lot about the thing they're producing and put a lot of work and intentionality into it. Um, so I see that. And so I guess I'm saying that in general, I'm, I want a window into your work and your process. Um, but I also want a window into the process of a typeface designer specifically the cool. apps that you use and that, you know, like things like that, like what, what's a day in yeah. the life for you? Just one word uh, regarding the website. Um, yeah. Although I'm a, I'm a graphic designer, I had actually nothing um, to do with the design of the website, only like, okay, I like it, or maybe a little gotcha. bit like this. But I was not the designer of the, the website, and I really love it. It's yeah. really, I could not have done it better, and I love how it looks. And uh, so this... Um, was this, it An- Andre, this, or did both, both uh, Yuho uh, and Andre... Uh, pair up on it um, or do you hire somebody probably both but a little bit uh, i guess more uh, andre but uh, okay. this is something they did and uh, they're constantly updating it and and, and uh, optimizing it nice yeah. i mean they do a great job and so if anybody if i didn't say this already go to monolisa.dev right it's not it's dot dev right i think it is yeah um, monolisa.dev go there and check out this landing page um it's at least entertaining and pretty um at most you know extremely informative and yeah it's just really good but like even like there's so many they just covered a lot of details like changing the the theme of the page to like your favorite uh coding theme you know at the top like you can select material theme and the whole you know page becomes material colors uh, which is awesome so a lot of really cool details you can tell that people who care about stuff built it so that's great yeah and we have the playground uh which which you can choose on the menu where you oh. can like start uh, you can start programming and look how how it would look in 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 your theme uh, and uh, in the uh, in the various uh, coding languages nice. i'm not i have to say that i'm not a developer or programmer myself so yeah. i have no background whatsoever and i'm learning i'm learning by by contributing right so uh, yeah, great chance for me also to learn a lot of stuff here. Cool. Um, so what like what programs do you use to design typefaces? Like I don't even know. Like is yeah. it common design programs or are there, you know, special typeface design programs that you use? There are uh, a few um, uh, programs. The one I use is called Glyphs. Okay. Uh, you find it under glyphsapp.com and I'm so lucky because one of my best friends um, professional in my professional world, world is uh, Rainer Scheichelbauer, who is one of the makers of Glyphs. But we mm. were friends before already, and okay. he is absolutely one of, I would say, world-leading experts in how to produce type, typefaces. Mm. Not, not, I'm not talking about designing. Yeah. He does that as well, but producing it and to make, it, make them bulletproof for releases and... Uh, for the use because designing one designing stuff is one thing and make it ready for the market so that it's not buggy anymore you know and Mm. stuff gets fixed is another thing and so i'm really lucky um and we even live in the same city so uh yeah that's that's a beautiful coincidence and this is the type uh the the um, the app i'm using and uh, i can recommend it to everybody who is who wants to give it a try Cool. Because it's really intuitive. Hmm. Yeah. Um, there are others. 
I don't know. I, I, the, in the early days, there was photographer. Then there was a font lab. Yeah, font lab studio. Uh, I've also used this before, but for many years now, I'm using only glyphs. Okay. All right. Good to know. Um, it's a bit like uh, it's a bit like Illustrator from Adobe, if you know that. Yep. Totally. That's, this is pretty much how you design the. You have these nodes and you have anchors, and this is how mm. you create the forms. But there, of course, there's a lot behind it that you have to be aware of. Uh, right. Yeah. Like so, I mean, there must be some faculty in there, obviously. But like the only thing that I can think of offhand that would be different between me opening Illustrator and drawing, you know, using the pen tool to make letters, and you yeah. know, hitting export this to OTF or something is like like you you would have to program in like the the different um the spaces between specific pairings of letters and things right like the cur is kerning right um well there's space there's this the side bearings like like how much space the the letter needs in general mm -hmm. gotcha and then there and for some uh combinations you need kerning between uh, pairs yeah okay. like like if you have the letter t capital yeah. t mm -hmm. and and you have a um, lowercase letter following. So the, the lowercase is kind of going under the T because the T is like somebody who spreads his, his, his wings right. and there's a lot of space underneath. Mm. And to, to get this space uh, smaller, to have not that wide, that the, this gap, yeah. uh, you need to make kerning. Yeah. So that's the boring part. This, that's where I gotcha. listen to other podcasts while doing that. Oh, so. funny. So that like... Uh... <laughs> When I did like video like, editing, the boring part is like color correction at the end. And so that's the one I could listen to music to and just like right, right. jam so out the, and like yeah. color correct. That's the boring technical part. It's very meditative Funny. and uh, it's okay. But of course, that's, that's not exciting. The exciting part yeah. is in the beginning when you discover how, how a typeface, you know, um, you start with a bunch of letters, sometimes only with one letter because you're curious what mm -hmm. what comes out of it and and you extend more and more and then you and you see wow i just created a a sort of typeface right now and it just needs needs refining more and more and then um that's very interesting that's a very uh, that's an that's the exciting part yeah yeah is it um like because it's a mono spaced font mono lisa were there like you, where you don't have kerning right like you wouldn't take like the a and shove it under the t no so, absolutely not yeah so does that inform specific decisions about the letters like is the t somehow shaped differently so that it sort of gives the illusion of of it fitting better with an a or something uh um no not really there are other other um there are other tricks to you have to use like um you see when you have a monospace typeface you have the same space for like the W and the I, hmm. which are totally, right. which, which need, I mean, the W has four strokes. They're slanted, but still there's, that's, that's four strokes. Uh, uh, and, um, and the I is usually one, one mm. stroke or one stem, but then you make a big, um, you know, then you make big serifs. Uh, on top and and and, and uh, below, so you use that space gotcha. okay. that you you have to, to have you have to use it up. You have to 
mm. make the white space between the letters as even as possible. So the white is, space is that what is not the letter, but right. it's the space between the letters, and mm. that should be as even as possible. And if you if you can manage that, then you get a like uh, a nice nice reading. Yeah. Nice. Is is Mona, Mona Lisa a serif font? Like it it I, if you said no. like is it serif or sans serif, I would say it's sans serif. It's it's sans serif, but that's what you do when you have uh, pretty much every monospaced font has this serif uh, eye. Gotcha. You can you cannot escape that. It looks ridiculous if you don't because you have <laughs> suddenly you have a big gap uh, left and right. right of the eye if you don't if you don't. Do okay. That. That's yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting nugget. Totally. Um, when you're so you're in in glyph or whatever, and you're designing, you know, a typeface. I'm picturing, I'm picturing you looking at a screen with a giant letter on it. You know, tweaking like very individual, tiny parts. But the way that people, most people are going to use the font or typeface is really, it's going to be really small on their screen. So exactly. is there, is it like a constant, like zooming in, zooming out, seeing what it looks like in the close details, seeing what it looks like, you know, like what? No, how? actually no. not. Interesting. No, I don't okay. do that. No. So you, um, you're mostly staying in, in zoomed in mode? Um, pretty much only when I, um, so it's not constantly zooming in and zooming out. Of okay. course, I, I, there's a recheck from time to time, but uh, no, that's, that's not the case. Okay. And, and you're right. Um, there's a lot of details that people probably don't even see because the, the, yeah, they use the typeface in like how much, uh, 13 pixel, 14 pixel, and of course you don't get all the details. Mm. And there's, there's, there's much more details to see. Yeah. Interesting. Is there? No, I'm is there... not saying that they're interesting, but there there are details. <laughs> okay, gotcha. Well, because I was going to launch into a question of like, do do you have like, are there parts of Mona Lisa that that you just you adore or you're proud of or like, you know, that maybe things that you know the naked eye wouldn't catch obviously at first or that you couldn't even really see very well, um, or did you hide like something in it? Does anybody ever do anything like that? Is there any, you know? Um, that can massively backfire, okay. I think. So um, there was once a story of one German type designer who, who put something really um, insulting in one typeface and somebody wow. found out right in the beginning and yeah, he had to, <laughs> he, he had to send an update. <laughs> so no, I, 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 uh, there, there are no Easter eggs to be yeah, found. Right. Uh, okay. I, can, I can tell so much. What okay. um, I'm really happy with is uh is what we already talked about is the is the typefaces interconnecting uh, the, the letters interconnecting to to form words that are yeah. easily easily uh, uh, is, uh, uh, accessible you know for the eye right because uh, when you read you don't jump from as i said from letter to letter but from from part of the words to the other part it's like two mm. or three jumps depending on how uh, big the word is gotcha and if you if you can if you can help the eye this to to jump easily that's 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 great if you if you make a typeface like this so this is something that i'm really happy about and um um yeah also i'm very happy about the the, the script version, the script italic, 
Mm-hmm. Maybe you have also tried it out. So um, I didn't actually know it existed until I, I knew that I was going to be interviewing you. So I went to the, the website and I started looking yeah. and I was like, oh, dope. There's a script version. And so, but my package didn't include it. I had like the base package or something. Oh, damn. Um, so I so I upgraded and yeah. uh, and downloaded it. And I'll say that like, I was so excited because I want like my code comments to use it, but oh, exclusively my code comments. But there's right. no way in VS Code to say only use this script version for my code comments. It it kind of just decides like where it uses it, and it it just mixes and matches it too much. So I had to disable it. But um, but so my I don't know you know who who's listening to this who works you know at Microsoft and on the VS Code team, um, but like my kingdom for that ability. <laughs> um, right, right. And it's pretty. I mean, you you provide the VS Code setting snippet on the site in the FAQ, which is really nice so if anybody you know goes and gets the pro version and gets the script font like there's a i don't know how you'd configure it yourself i would never think to do what you did um mm. but they like you know wrote a very clever little setting that you can pop into vs code and it just works yeah um, i'm that's also something that i learned um during this project is how and i have to say that how bad the the support for open type features is in coding editors hmm. what are open type features uh, i don't even know what that means um, open type feature is something that you implement program wise uh, th- through python into okay. the typeface so for example hmm. this is very tricky very sophisticated it's not happening with mona lisa but uh, for example you make a fake uh, handwriting font okay. which a colleague of mine uh, made and the typeface knows when there is two subsequent L's, for example, mm. or two M's. So it changes the position slightly or chooses mm. another version of the M or L to, to create the, the idea of real handwriting. Mm. So, and this is an open type feature. You don't have, you don't have that in other. Um, this is something OTF provides. It's implemented in the typeface. And it's yeah. literally like Python code that is, using, that is running that logic. Exactly. Yeah, that's incredible. And um, you can do. Uh, this is what we did with um, with uh, with um, uh, coding ligatures, for example. So if you type, um, right. what is it? Exclam exclam uh, equal. You get an unequal sign, for example. Yeah. It it knows what what you want if you if you um, if you check uh, liga in the in the, in the, I don't know, in the, in the features, in the features section. Right. And this is, um, if you look at Adobe programs, um, they, they have much better um, uh, support for the, all these features. And uh, it was, I was totally baffled in the beginning that you can't simply check and uncheck the, all these features in like VS Code mm-hmm. or whatever um, people are using to, to program. Interesting. Yeah, I mean VS Code. Go ahead. No, it's just it's just a pity. We we could we we could uh, create actually more stuff, but people yeah. could not ac- uh, access it. So interesting. Uh, yeah, that's that's a pity, and you should like you should protest, all of you. Yeah. All right. <laughs> we'll start the protest. Um, there, like VS Code, basically is a glorified like web browser. Like it runs, you know, on um 
uh, electron, which is basically, so I imagine that all of its constraints are really just Chrome's constraints, mm. um, where like Sublime or PHP Storm or something that is an actual like native Mac app could do better. But I yeah. bet VS Code is constrained to what the browser can do. And I'm so, so the browser, like if you have like, do web fonts honor these open type features? Um, there's no problem with that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Ah, so maybe it's not. Interesting. Hmm. Yeah. I don't know. Um, is there, so earlier you mentioned like finding bugs in fonts. Mm. What's a bug in a font? Um, well, talking about ligatures, some ligatures work in one coding language and they mess up other coding language, um, sequences. Okay. when they're used because there are other combinations so mm. we um, every couple of weeks we go like oh damn this you know, we have this language here in this in uh, this uh, ligature in this language but it messes up for another user so how do we uh, what do we do do we make a twitter survey for that or mm. so like like this yeah or um, uh We had we needed also some time f finding out for for which uh, size Mona Lisa should be optimized because we did not really know how uh, in which sizes people use to code. So it's thirteen and fourteen mm -hmm. uh, pixels okay. mostly. That's that's what we know. But some people go uh, use it at at the size of ten pixels, mm -hmm. which is awkward. But yeah, there you are. And we had to and and the thing with um, with the typeface on screen is, of course, the smaller you get, the more problematic some letters uh, get because the screen or the browser or the, the operating system has to decide: does it show the pixel or does it show in, does it right. show it in this height or one below or one above? Like sure. if you have uppercase E, for example, you have three horizontal strokes, mm -hmm. and where's the middle one? So if mm. you go smaller and smaller, you will see the 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 middle stroke jump up and high because it, at some sizes it won't find exact the middle, so it yep. will go up or down and it will, it will look awkward. And we can do nothing about it because it's it's a screen, right? Right, and it's pixels. Interesting. So it's so bugs in the font can be like, I mean, basically testing it in different environments and making sure that everything looks good. But it could yeah, also be. And, Go ahead. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. What I need to add is, if uh, so, what you can do about this uh, to some extent is that you can add hints. That's a technical term. Okay. Uh, and a hint tells uh, the operating system or whatever displays it uh, where the where the pixel should be shown or not. Interesting. Like a yeah. pixel level, like you program in Python again. Like this is that that part of the font that you would say no, or is not, this part of the pooh, you would have to ask my my friend Rainer about this because i i tend to not care about this because i hate it it's this <laughs> yeah this is <laughs> i really like the visual stuff but but this is something uh, where i go hey, look Rainer, we have this bug and and you really need to help me okay. um, but it's not it's not python it's just um, also one uh, aspect of of glyphs or right, other okay. um type design programs or apps that you have to address sometimes. Yep. Yeah. Okay. You don't have to address it in print, for example. You don't need that because print ah. is just black ink on paper usually. 
and you don't have this um, um, you don't have a grid there that you have to think about right but when you go go on screen you have to think in, in grid um, yeah it's a grid world right yeah that was one of my questions is is like you know if you're designing a font specifically as a digital font you know are there mm. differences like that that's a great example of something that you know, if you're designing something intended for print, you're not worried about pixel, um, whatever, m mutations or something like that. No, absolutely not. It's it's actually easier, yeah. Yeah, it's easier to design a print font, you're saying? Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Um, um, I, I, I mean, of course, Mona Lisa is optimized for, for screen, but you can, you can, uh, there's no, no, sure. Uh, there's no problem using it for, for print, yeah. It's yeah. the same it's the same file otf if you use the otf it's the same file gotcha yeah um i have like a typography related question for you or family of questions yeah um so as a like as a web person i'm making my own typography decisions a lot like i you know design the documentation for the tools that i build and um and any you know any site that i've ever done but i'm thinking particularly of like blogs and documentation sites where i'm making typography decisions and it's just kind of out of necessity. And, and usually it, it's me just kind of adjusting like line spacing and letter spacing, um, font size, font weight, uh, probably trying out a few different fonts from Google fonts sorted by most popular until I find something that I feel looks okay. Um, mm. So I, I'm positive that me and the rest of the developer community or most of it um, errors in in a lot of ways so like a trained eye would be looking at at some of the decisions that i make and you might think you know that's too whatever um i'm curious like in your life of being on websites and things like are there pet peeves of yours common pitfalls for people who aren't into typeface design but but make uh typography decisions um things like that mm. Well, there are some uh, recurring uh, things like um, the use of hyphen or n dash, for example. Okay. Yeah. Um, there, there are two kinds of strokes, and they have actually two different meanings, typographically wise. And um, there's you use this in this occasion, and the other one on this occasion. But of course, people just hit this this one stroke, you know, yeah. next yeah. to the uh, shift button and that's it but mm. um uh, this is one thing for example um another thing is the apostrophe you say apostrophe uh, apostrophe apostrophe i'm sorry yeah. apostrophe um there's so many ways to yeah fuck it up because there's accents there's two kinds of accents that look a little bit like apostrophe and mm. you can have it the other way around so this right. is something that happens a lot um uh, and of course there's something we call dumb quotes okay. this is the um, um how do you say it? the the quote signs yep. you know in english it's um it's we help ourselves with with uh, we compare them to numbers we we say 66 and 99 okay it, yep. in right. in english but yeah. because quotes are different in german we use different quotes different no they, way. they look similar but they okay. have a different position ah. uh, for example and the french have other quotes they are like oh, um, no kidding. more arrow 
arrow heads uh, on yes. the side. So it's very, very uh, difficult to to say that um, you know uh, you cannot. There's no universal thing for that. Yeah. But um, uh, interesting. It's it's an interesting question because we have that issue right now with another project uh, that I already um, told you about in my in my preparation. It's it's for that newspaper, their standard, the standard, yep. Yep. where um, where I and and our team we made um, a typeface super family actually. So it's a super family is the is the clan of families mm. that we made for this whole um, this whole um, newspaper, not only in print but also in on screen online, mm. and they're using dumb quotes there. All the time, and it's it's wrong. It's plainly wrong. It's just not it's just not right. Yeah, and it looks so stupid. And we're really like, oh come on. <sighs> Wait. So, I what are dumb quotes? Is are, are dumb quotes okay, the, the sixty six twenty nine, or are those straight up and down quotes that aren't so like usually in in English? You yeah. use uh, the sixty six ninety nine quotes yeah. mm -hmm. that are on top of the or next to the upper part of the yep. the letters in the mm -hmm. beginning and the end. The dumb what we call dumb quotes is. Is that um, the ones that look like straight yeah. lines? Right. Yeah? Okay. Yeah. This is what most people use because it's just right. Shift uh, two, and um, that's what you get when you press that because it's mm. easier. It, it's the and there's no problem with that uh, because if you do that in private, it's it's no big deal. I will, <laughs> we don't Funny. blame anybody, but right. for a newspaper, for example, it's a bit. Yeah, it's a pity, you know, because right. Yeah, that is. I'm. That's yeah. surprising. I the like Mac OS by default in certain programs auto replaces dumb quotes with sixty six ninety nine quotes. You know, yeah. at least in US. And in Sketch, the you know the design app, um, vector mm -hmm. design app, whatever, like Illustrator. Um, I I'm making like I'm making little social share images for uh, one of my code projects. And yeah. every time I try to write dumb quotes, because I need dumb quotes, because that's what you would use in a code editor, is right. dumb quotes. Um, <laughs> it auto-corrects it. And so I've had to jump through so many hoops, and I finally just Googled it, and there's a setting that you can disable the auto, the, the non-dumb quoting. And I guess I probably disabled it across the board. So I don't think I will ever write a, a non-dumb quote unless mm. I go back and undo that, because <laughs> I don't even know yeah. how to write like a good quote myself. <laughs> um interesting yeah. yeah so these are these are the three things that i i constantly see and i cannot unsee them hmm. because i'm in in the business right but uh, what the heck so i mean are there trends that are like like it you know that come and go and what, what are like gimmicks or trends that that are are so 2010 or something like i don't know hmm Actually, I don't know about right now. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, which is a bit embarrassing, <laughs> but um, yeah. But I was lucky. I made a typeface called Strange Love like ten years ago. Um, strange Love or Strange Glove? Strange Love. Strange Love. Like okay. the movie from Kubrick, Doctor Strange Love. Yeah, okay. Uh, and I made it because of an ex exhibition that was contributing to this movie, and and the title nice. sequence was made with similar 
similar um, letters. So I made this. Um, and so it's a fake handwritten. It's a fake handwritten uh, typeface. Okay. And mm-hmm. at that time, and I wasn't aware at that time, I wasn't aware of that too, but it was kind of a trend. And I was really lucky to, mm. to really fall into that stream of, of um, this kind of typefaces. And, and so that got uh, successful. So um, for type designers, if you... The thing with, with type trends is you have to be really fast. Because the trends shift, you know, like one year this or after two years this. And if you want to make a really good typeface or something that is like really potent um, in terms of open type features and stuff and many, and covering many languages apart from the usual alphabet, um, then you need like one, one year maybe or one and a half years. Um, so you have to be either quick or not care about it. <laughs> right. Interesting. I don't think I understood how long a typeface takes to produce. Yeah. That's a long well, time for a project. Um, yeah. It's but like writing I have to a say, book. I'm, not, I'm not, not, not a super speedy worker, so yeah. it may be also on my part, but making a typeface is something that you don't do in a, in a month or so. It's, it's, Interesting. It's, it's at least half a year if, if it's decent. So yep. wow. it depends on how big the family is and how... How many languages you cover, and we have right. many languages covered with Monolisa. I don't know if you. Yeah, if you I saw, saw that, in, in and it, that was going to be a question as well. Is like, so does that mean? I mean, when I saw that, I was like, this is incredible. These are different letters. Like, um, is that five times the work to do five um, extra languages? Um, no, it's it's not that many letters. If you look at the glyphs, um, the range of glyphs. But it's um, accent combinations. Mm-hmm. It's some special letters, of course. Scandinavians have have some special letters that no other part in the world uses. Um, Vietnamese language has like double accents, yeah, accents like one accent and, and on top of that another one, mm-hmm. um, which looks, of course, totally confusing for people who have no idea what what this is. Mm. But um, we covered every uh language that is based on latin Mm. on the latin uh, alphabet and plus uh cyrillic and greek gotcha so this this is quite a lot yeah it is and and you have like also alternative symbols like you know you you have like two different at symbols in the font right isn't there like and you can kind of opt into these what's that wanted you, you wanted, wanted that it? one. Yeah. Yeah. I said, okay, let's have it. <laughs> the the alternative's like a more uh I don't know how to describe it, but it it's more like kind of circular, I guess. More of like Yeah, that, that's what that's what OpenType offers. You can have like twenty versions of one uh, letter hmm. and you can just, you know, check and uncheck this one and, and yeah. Many we have two uh two versions, two alternative versions of the letter G the lowercase uh lowercase g yeah because our uh, default g is for some people is not um okay they find it too special which i can understand but it's it's kind of our signature letter maybe um uh so we have um, two more normal versions of g to yeah to please to please and the how, rest like if the, i wanted yeah, to configure that in vs code am i out of luck or could i use that um 
whatever that I think it would be the ligature setting. So probably not. Am I just out of luck if I want to use uh, the alternate G? No, y you do that um, through something called stylistic set. Okay. Um, and um, yeah, there are like 20 slots of, you, you can use 20 stylistic sets, uh, but you can fill this set with um, as many, uh, let me, how can I put this? Um, now that's doesn't make sense for you now. You know. Yeah, you can have like I, I could make twenty additional versions of the letter G, for example. Yeah, and they would be called SSO one, SSO two, SSO three, and okay. you could check and uncheck that, for example, in an Adobe app, or you would address that through some code in VS Code or or, or whatever editor you use. Okay, um... and then. And then every every G would look different, um, like there would be the default would be replaced by SSO three, for example, in every right. text that you write. Is there a way to do this at a font book level, like at a Mac OS level, that I could like configure a font differently so that I'm thinking of something like VS Code, it's pretty restricted in in its mm. ability to like tweak specific things. And I don't know, I was just curious. If in font book, I could like right click and say like customize font or you know, create some sort of derived virtual font, you know, that has different characteristics baked in, you know, so that every program would just interpret it with a different G as the default. Mm. Well, what we are thinking about right now, or what we want to offer, is a customized version that you can download. So you okay. can, nice. before you buy it, you can say, I want to have this and this G, and oh, I want nice. to have these ligatures, or like this so you have the yeah you have the menu and you say oh i would like to have this and then you pay as 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 um, as you go and you get cool. only this g for example and you don't have to think about right um, yeah anymore like a configurator something yeah, yeah. exactly yeah so you configure That's the awesome. whole thing and uh, go to pay for example okay. yeah and, and you get it delivered customized yep sweet um, so we're, we're coming up on an hour and I want to make sure that, you know, you have a chance to say anything you want to say about the font or anything you'd want to cover. Um, but I, I also like, I don't know, I want to ask you about people who inspire you, things that you follow, things that I, you know, can pay attention to, um, you know, or, or other projects you work on. I saw your art. It's amazing. Um, your like, you know, illustrations. Um, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was yeah, I was a bit bored, and uh, yeah, I bought um, an iPad, mm -hmm. and I used Procreate. Oh, that was all Procreate. And, uh, not all of it. Uh, some of it is made on a Wacom um, okay, Studio, yeah. uh, Cintiq Studio Pro. Well, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Uh, but right now, I only I only work on uh, on the iPad. It's it's just so. It's just so quick. You open it, and three seconds later, you make your first stroke. It's yeah. so much um, easier to to start to get. You know, there's no barrier to 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 illustrate something. And right. and why I il started illustrating was because it's so much faster. You get faster results than with type design. <laughs> ah. so, uh, uh, I can have like um, in a matter of hours or days i can have an illustration that illustration that i'm happy with i'm not selling yeah. it or anything it's just for me 
uh, right now, but I get an instant result and I can instantly like correct it and then tweak it after a bit. Mm. And um, yeah, and it's more handworking. It feels more like doing something with my hands yep. uh, rather than um, yeah, designing a, t- uh, a letter. Does it feel more that way because of the iPad form factor? You're holding a pen, you're holding an iPad. Um, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like you know, you move your hands. It's like like playing a guitar. You, you, you. Yeah. You're a musician, as I see, uh, as I can see. So um, it's it's a different thing rather than moving the mouse and typing on your keyboard. You know, it's it was. Yeah, I yeah. needed that as a as a compensation. So interesting. Yeah. I, I just bought a um, like a portable synthesizer. I'm not super into electronic music production or anything, but yeah, yeah. but the stuff that I you know have done, I'm you, I do it like Ableton or you know a program on the computer. Yeah. But I'm using yeah. a mouse and a keyboard, and so it never sticks. Like where I play the guitar all the time because it's it's oh. my way to kind of get off of the computer, and it's yeah. so much more like tactile. Um, but so I I ordered a synth that's like you know a DAW in a box. Like I don't have to use a computer and a mouse and a keyboard at all. And it's sort of the equivalent of like an iPad and an Apple pencil, like a way mm. that I can do something digitally, but feel like, you know, sort of disconnected from the, whatever it is about a screen and a chair and a keyboard and a mouse that kind of feels mm. blah in some way. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Something that, that we're going uh, more and more private, but something I really enjoy doing right now is um, I am, I'm, I have an old camper van. Oh, nice! Uh, uh, Volkswagen T3. You call it Vanagon in the in the US. Volkswagen Vanagon. I, mean, I just say Volkswagen. I think. Yeah, but it's like this. Uh, it's this third generation uh, camper van from the eighties. Okay. Um, I'm looking and, it up right uh, now. Yep, classic uh, stoner camper van looking thing. Exactly, and I I totally love it, but I never loved uh, the interior. So I'm oh. renewing the whole interior with a with a carpenter who is really a laid back guy who is, who is almost the same hobbies as I do, but we didn't know each other before. So it's really relaxed kind of work with my hands. And I'm, I'm totally exhausted afterwards every time, but it's, it feels so good to just do something with my hands for a couple of hours. Totally. It's, it's instant uh, gratification. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That's awesome. So you're, you're like flipping this van, totally gutting it and redoing uh, all the, everything. Uh, yeah, the the living part, the living yeah. room part, and right. there's a bed inside and everything. And yeah, we totally we tore out everything and re, we re, rebuilt it from from scratch. Yeah, really is there fun. a bathroom in it? Nah, no, no, no. That's, no that's not. It's too small for a bathroom. Too small. I was thinking maybe like some like pull out, you know, like a porta potty thing that some people like put nah. under the sink or something. I don't think I would want that. No, <laughs> the idea is a bit awkward. Yes. So there's campgrounds, and so yeah. Right. Do you so like before you started rehabbing it or refurbishing it? You you presumably like camped in it, like. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I every summer I try to stay as many weeks as possible in there in in one in one go. So yeah, nice. I really like to camp every summer. That's that's I, the dream. I started yeah. building a teardrop camper at one point um, uh-huh. and conked out on it um, because it's just an unbelievable amount of work that I didn't anticipate. I got mm. somewhat far, but uh, just had to kind of like cut my losses on it. Um, and my brother's, he did a camper van project. He bought a van and is converting it. Um, and he got really far, 
but he's just conking out on like the last like it's basically all done he's just uh they're hard it's like a it's so much work like yeah. is it a surprising amount of work to you or are you you know um the um, the the status i don't know what's the right word for it the the way i the the way it came when i bought it yeah the how it, how state it, of um, it the condition the state of it yeah um, was was excellent because it was um a firefighter's um vehicle hmm. and of course they maintained it well like really good it was hmm. always in a garage it was always maintained there was always like wow. um, um yeah it was there was no rust practically i mean wow. there's some rust but practically no rust so there's a really good basis that we can build upon uh, us and um it's awesome yeah yeah interesting you got any other hobbies what else are you into um well i did some music but that's a long time ago because you okay. mentioned like electronic stuff so i really yeah. did some electronic music but like 10 years ago or even even longer yeah but um yeah the camper van is actually my hobby yeah yeah you working on it like every day mm, no but right now like twice a week okay twice a week i have to 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 drive out there to to my carpenter which is a bit outside vienna ah. and uh yeah, it, it takes half hour to get there, and, and then we work for like a couple of hours, and then and then back. Uh, and it's already cold, uh, so it's mm, um, yeah, um, yeah. Uh, but that's my hobby right now, pretty much. It's and pretty great that you work with a carpenter on it, and it's like you're yeah. not just like dropping it off, or you're you know you're like exactly. Working with him. And that's the thing awesome. is, the thing was, uh, he said, "Look, if if you help me, it's cheaper." And I said, "Wow, no way, love it." Yeah, of course right. I help you because it's a win-win, you know, for yep, me. Yeah, that is a win-win. Uh, I learn stuff. I, I do stuff with my hands. I can I can I have my word. I can say, no, it's not looking good. Let's do it the other way, like instantly yeah. and not correct right, it afterwards. Right in after the process, yeah. So, um, and it's, 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 yeah, it's, <laughs> yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. Um, sweet. So and he's a cool guy. He has a he has this um, garage, which is also okay. his his apartment in a way, or where he lives. Like lives on top of it or something. And I drive. No, no, he lives in in there. Okay. And I drive right in my van right into it. Yeah. There's his workshop, and it's also his living room. And oh no uh, way. Where he sleeps sleeps is, is is another cube that he built into this garage, so it's even warmer. Um, it's yeah, it's totally. It's totally fun to so to like there. the kitchen or living like there might be like a couch that's in a conjoined open space. Yeah, to there's where a you bed like and, and some and, and um, a bathroom and and a small kitchen that is in awesome. a cube within the garage. So yeah, that's really fun. Yeah, that is fantastic. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Um. Sweet. Uh. So is there? I'll I'll have show notes for everybody. So you know, uh, definitely like monalisa.dev also you know, anything you mentioned. Um, and I'd love to put a link to your artwork because your illustrations, I think they're fantastic. Well, thank you. I'm yeah. on Instagram as well with this. So okay. that might be. But I want I wanted to add one more thing to Mona Lisa yeah. because you said if there's another thing coming up. Yeah. And it is because we were thinking for some time now of a balanced version, a proportional version of Mona Lisa. Hmm. Like where we don't have these restrictions of being monospaced and like uh, compensating space. Oh. So the eye will be another, 
an I. Yeah. Okay. Uh, without serifs, for right, example, uh -huh. and the W will have the space it really should have and yeah. won't look that crunched. So um, I'm very excited about this because it looks really good and you know, hmm. it will come out uh, uh, next year, early next year. And the probably. purpose of this would be like you would use this not as a coding font, but as like exactly. You know, but a font you could. Font. Yeah, you could use it on your website. You could write yeah. text on your website. You could write. Um, you could um, make uh, presentations with it, and it would fit like seamlessly with what you show code-wise uh, right. on your presentation. So it oh, would be. Man. It, it it extends to a bigger world in somehow, and of course, it's it, it targets a wider audience because every graphic designer could would be interested. Sure. So, what yeah. what's the timeline for this? Um. I Ballpark. cannot give you one, but like in the next three to four months, maybe. Okay. But All right. Yeah. That's great. I mean, I, cause I, I think I use Mona Lisa. You know what? I, I don't know if I do on the web. I just bought the commercial version. So now yeah. I can, mm. um, but I would love to use it in all the code samples on my documentation sites. Um, and it would be awesome to have that balanced paired version to use for all the copy. Yeah. Um, so pumped for that yeah, i'll be looking great. out for yeah, that it yeah. looks really nice yeah um cool. well we're also going to put uh i think a coupon code is that right did we somebody mentioned that at some point whatever if uh, there's probably going to be a coupon code in the in the show notes i think you can talk Yuho about uh, with cool if you mentioned it yeah probably there will be so uh he's in charge of that yeah yep all right so check the show notes for a coupon code on mona lisa but I guess in the off chance that there's not one, uh, it's really not that expensive compared to like Operator Mono or something that, you know, you could shell out 300 bucks for Mona Lisa. It's like 80 or 90 bucks, right? Something like that. Uh, the personal version or something. But it's totally reasonable. Good. Um, so, so it's 60 bucks in euros. So I don't know. Maybe it's 80. Okay. In, yeah. Um, something like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it, I don't know. I, I remember first being like, oh, I can't pay for a font, you know? Because um, hmm. you just, there's that mentality of like, why would I pay for a exactly. font? There's Google fonts, there's font squirrel, there's all these sites uh, and stock ones you get on your computer. Um, but I definitely don't regret it. I've, you know, I've purchased like, I think Dank Mono was my first purchased font. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you've ever seen that. Um, Dank Mono commercial, or sure. um, yeah, operator mono and then this so anyway but i've never regretted any of the purchases and it's unbelievable and you heard it here how much effort goes into these things and it's a travesty to not to not pay for them so um so it's a drop in the bucket and if you're just on a computer all day every day it that that amount of money means virtually nothing for the the you know benefit you'll get so so go buy it go buy mona lisa you won't regret it highly recommend it um yeah you gotta buy it everybody's gotta buy it Thanks so much. Yeah. So that's uh that's it for me. Anything else before we sign off? Um I have the feeling we could go on another half hour, but I'm yeah. I'm totally happy if you if you wanna wrap it up. Uh it was a total pleasure. Yeah, total pleasure. Uh here as well. I I definitely was like, what am I gonna I thought like, am I going to be able to talk to a typeface designer? you know, in any way that's not like completely brain dead, like, I don't know, <laughs> you know, um, but 
but I, I don't know. I just started writing out like genuine questions. And but once you start thinking about what your life might be like and the things that you might care about, because you're a professional in, in this world, like you have lots of opinions, I'm sure um, yeah. they would come out and they did. Yeah. But you know, we are all, or you are all, um, um, users, you know, everybody, right. Everybody uses types, typefaces without knowing it. So we all have knowledge about typefaces and what we like and don't like. Um, because type yeah. is everywhere. Typefaces right. are everywhere. Everywhere we read something, um, there's, there's, there's letters, you know? Yep. Along those lines, and because you, you said you feel like we could go on, I'll, I'll, push, <laughs> I'll push back. And I got another question go if you got, you got time for it. Cool. Go ahead. Um, what amount, like in a lot of ways, fonts or typography or whatever are invisible, you know, mm. like you pick up a book, you're not thinking about, well, I'm not, you are, but I'm not thinking about the, the typeface. I'm just reading. Um, how much, but then there's some typefaces that are like, you know, display types and things that are sort of meant to stand out or be, have features that you would notice immediately and find desirable or undesirable. Mm. In your design philosophy for a typeface, how much, um, how much do you strive for like to be invisible, for your font to be unnoticed and just to, you know, help a user on their, their reading journey? Mm. Um, and how much do you inject uh, style into those fonts and want them to notice or something? Well, that's a very good point. Um, thank you for this question because... If, I don't know if you know Eric Spiekermann. He's a very famous no. graphic and type typeface designer. He's a oh, it's like Spie is it Spiegelman or it's with a G? Speaker Spiekermann. Okay, maybe not. Eric Sp Eric Spiekermann. He's he's a German. Okay. Um, he's a German guy, and okay. um, he said the, he said, and I think this is true. The best type typeface is the one that you don't uh, recognize or mm. not that you don't realize you while you're reading. Yep. When you find something that you're, oh, oh, what does this G look like? Oh, this looks beautiful. If you if you start noticing the special features, yeah, then um, maybe you the job is not uh, well done. Maybe. Mm. So, um, of course, I like when I get uh, like I get uh, compliments for for my typeface, but I'm super happy if you don't even realize that you read. Right. You just get the info. Yeah. And you process it, you memorize it, and you forget that you read something because it jumped right, jumped right into your brain without any obstacle, you know? And yeah. that would be my goal with Mona Lisa, of course. Yeah. Interesting. That's, that's crazy that something that's such a, a craft for you, you know, for anybody, something that's, such, that's so involved and that you're so mm. intentional about, for the end goal to be invisibility is fascinating to me yeah in the same way that i think i mean i'm sure there's parallels in a lot of ways but like like illustration is not that way you're not aiming to create an mm. invisible painting um, that's true but you can maybe compare it to uh programming can't you mm -hmm. like yeah totally as a user i don't want to see how it's programmed i just want it to work you know seamlessly and and right like this and I have no idea how much work you put into it and you, yeah, you don't get even, credit for it because I just don't see how much work it is because there's this beautiful screen sure. and it just works, you know? Right. Um, 
thinking like interface design or even programming itself, but in like a meta way, like if I write code, I might be tempted to write beautiful code, you know, mm-hmm. like code that I think is like particularly uh, clever or even just like visually looks a certain way, um, yeah. which I definitely do a lot, but th- there's a point of like, you know, there's a tipping point where you do that and then somebody reading the next person that's reading the code who has to maintain the code or whatever um, is probably more just confused by that. You know, like there's mm. um, yeah. something to be said about just writing code in a very like uh, universal, easy to understand way and not diverging from those conventions just out of, you know, artistic desire, you know, yeah. um, something like that. But yeah, I could see coming across this in a lot of ways, but. But yeah, it's fascinating. Another question for you, font pairings, mm. title fonts and, and like paragraph fonts. Like if I'm working on a site, like what are your opinions or thoughts on font pairings? Should you do it? If you do it, are there, is it like serif uh, title, sans serif body, you know, thing? let's talk font pairings. Um, okay. <laughs> if you insist. <laughs> um, um, I, so, so I think mixing uh, typefaces is a totally legit thing, and I think it's it's okay. great depending on the the purpose. But of course, uh, uh, um, I think there's sometimes too much thought about this. I'm I'm this is something I don't really think about much, but also maybe because I'm not designing as much as I did hmm. before type design. So funny thing is, I I don't design that much anymore and oh. and if i design it it's designed with my own typeface so i'm a really uh-huh. bad um person to ask this because i use only my 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 own typefaces for everything now which is great fun of course um but um i cannot give you um examples for great pairs yeah um that that i can't do uh usually you're pretty safe when you have a sans serif for uh, headlines and subheadlines and mm-hmm. a serif font for the text, depending on how, how long it is. The longer okay. the text is, the, the safer you are with serif text. Gotcha. Uh, text faces, yeah. Yep. All right. Yep, I'll take it. I was looking for more of, uh, you know, here's your three rules that you follow and everything will look mm. great. <laughs> uh no. No, I'm not that guy. <laughs> so if you have that, <laughs> hit me up <laughs> so that I can stop making bad type decisions. Um, yeah. All right. Are, are there any favorite fonts of yours? Like if you went to design a site today and like, I mean, do you have a, enough of a body of fonts that, like you said, you're probably your own, but even your own. Like if, I, if I'm going to do like a basic documentation site, what font should my Ooh. copy be? Good question. I mean, with, with the works of Jonathan Höfler, who, who made um, Operator, for example, yeah. if you go to his website, he's a genius. He's, he's one of the best in the, in the business. So, um, right. so you can pretty much um, use everything that he offers as a text face, for example. Nice. Also, I think Pretty Well Done is not exactly my work, but it was our team. It was what we did for, the, for our newspaper. Uh, project the standard mm-hmm. the text face is really really uh, really good for for long text for long mm-hmm. reads yep um 
for example. Um, personally, I totally tend to to classic uh, typefaces like uh, yeah. Futura and okay. um, yeah. uh, Garamond and mm -hmm. um, Garamond, for example. I don't know if you if you know this. It's um, since this typeface is already that old. Everybody can make his own version of Garamond. Oh, there's no it's like public copyright. domain or something. Yeah, there's no copyright conflict. You can oh. you can make your own version of the original um, printed uh, pieces, hmm. uh, your own digital version, and sell it, for example, because the copyright huh. is already that's already evaporated a long right. time ago. Um, hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's good. Interesting. <laughs> that's a fun that's a fun detail for example, yeah. Yeah, totally. Awesome. All right, well, I mean, I already we already stopped it. I closed it out once, but then, you know, I, <laughs> but then we're back. So, um, but I'll ask you again. Any final sure. words before we say before we say goodbye? All right. That's that's a wrap, folks. So, Go by Mona Lisa, check out the show notes and thank you a ton for hanging out um, and chatting with me. Appreciate it. All right. Um, All right. Stop.